Well, it's always a great day to go inside EMS, and today is no different. And have we got a topic for you? And this one should really get to the emotional, uh, the emotional drawstrings, or whatever we want to call them. You know what you're going to be listening to here in a minute. But before <laughs> I start, here is the guy that has to help me do it. The one we call Kelly Grayson. Kelly Grayson, what's going on, man? Oh, same stuff, different day, brother. Just, just uh, hoping and praying for some cooler weather. We just got our. It is uh, November the tenth, and we just got our second mosquito hatch. Uh, isn't that lovely? It's November the tenth, and I'm still having to swat killer mosquitoes. So you got a you got a mosquito we had to hatch. We an airstrike on these things not three weeks ago. So you know exactly when hatching season is for yeah, mosquitoes. The temperature here. Oh, it's well. It's it, it. Whenever we get a rain and warm weather, we have a mosquito uh, mosquito hatch, and uh, they got so bad after the two hurricanes that that we we literally had to call in an airstrike on them. They they detailed three C one thirty aircraft to fog Louisiana, <laughs> literally, uh, and and that knocked them back for a while. But then we had a, a bit of a rain yesterday, and now I'm. I'm having to use my little portable mosquito fogger yet again, uh, or, or else they'll they'll pick me up and carry me off. You know there are only two types of mosquitoes in Louisiana. Uh, there's the type that's small enough to fit through a screen door, and there's the type that's big enough to open it by themselves. So uh, we we luckily this time around we got the kind that's small enough to fit through a screen door, but the the other ones were were kind of scary. Yeah, I mean the way that you describe it is just amazing to me. The just the vastness of of wildlife well, so you, in yeah, the United you, States. You're a new, yeah. You're a city boy, though, so you, you've never experienced that sort of thing, you know. But but uh, here out in the country, where we where we have to actually be self sufficient, <laughs> uh, gratuitous shot at at you. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Just um, whatever. Man, that, yeah, it gets pretty bad. It gets. It gets pretty bad out here, but uh, all right. Well, let's that's, yeah. well, that's enough. Cold, that's a, cold weather is just around the corner. So. That's enough mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom for me, but uh, that's probably another reference that people are going to know. <laughs> I said something a couple of weeks ago, and we have uh, to when, explain it to the kids. Yeah, when Carrie Hat was on, and uh, actually Greg Freese got in touch with me saying, "No one's going to know what that means," and I forget what it was now, but it was really funny, but. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and get into our topic, Kelly. And I'll bet you could sing the theme to, to Wild Kingdom right now. No, I don't think I can. I know, but I can't. I don't remember that. I was I was oh, young, really? man. I, yeah, I, I, I was I young when that. Do you? I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. But uh, you know, so Kelly, I think that there's a lot of uh, discussion, you know, in the in the present day when it comes to. Uh, talks of defunding the police and and i don't think we ever defund the police i think that those are things that people are saying at the time when you know that they're trying to make change and they're throwing their hands up you know is there going to be police reform i don't know is there going to be defunding there's no way there's going to be defunding but one of the things that i think may have merit and i want to go ahead and talk about it is in the sense of social work on scene to deal with mental health patients or people that maybe are having crisis. Yeah. And, you know, we've heard this now, you know, over the past few months since the, you know, since the George Floyd in, uh, incident and beyond that, you know, a lot of times uh, people are having some challenges and rather than the police being put into the middle, 
is it helpful or is there value in somebody who is trained in de-escalation to be part of that team now i I don't i think there's a couple ways that this is being advocated that if uh, people are acting up but you know having if people are having a uh, crisis that they just send a social worker without police i don't advocate that i think that would be ridiculous but i do think that there should Mm -hmm. be specially trained units that have two officers and somebody who's part of that social work uh uh, you know, social work field, but uh, I'd like to discuss it today, Kelly, and I'm going to give you the first thought about it. Well, I think uh, in theory, it's a good idea. Of course, the devil is always in the details, uh, training, education, staffing, that sort of thing. How they handle those particular details probably makes the big difference in how successful uh, a pilot program is, you know, and and in EMS one uh, today, there is a, a story from a New York Daily News about uh, FDNY or New York CS is going to start sending uh, EMS and mental health personnel to some mental health calls instead of the police. And and yeah, I think this is this is following along that that movement since the George Floyd. Uh, uh, death that uh, to defund the police uh, or, or or at the very least to redefine their role in society and and I don't think defunding the police is, is possible in any way shape or form uh, and but redefining what we use them for uh, is is something that that's uh, valid you know um, uh, the police officers I know uh, feel, uh, less than adequately trained to deal with mental health crises, and they are the, they're ultimately the the ultimate blunt instrument uh, in in dealing with these sort of things. And and when you employ blunt instrument, uh, the the results are bad, uh, can potentially bad for everybody around. And you get someone who is who's only real options are force and more force and lethal force uh, to get a patient to comply when when that may not be the most nuanced and and beneficial for the patient approach to it. So uh, Mayor de Blasio has uh, announced on Tuesday that that mental health professionals and EMS staff will respond to these 911 mental health calls instead of cops. However, uh, they make the they take them to say in the in the uh, news article, that uh, the mental health officer is a mental health professional is in charge, uh, but the cops are still going to respond to the calls that are considered dangerous. Now, how they screen those uh, and determine what's safe versus not safe, I do not know. Uh, but that would be that would be as a provider sent into one of those scenes. That would that would probably be my my overwhelming concern is is what am I walking into, uh, and do I have the blunt instruments there if I need them. Um, you know, Chris, you ever run into a police officer that either through temperament or lack of training, uh, uh, made a volatile situation worse with the way they interacted with, with the patient. <laughs> I oh my God. Oh, that was a real question. I'm um, not even going to touch that. You know, yeah. Kelly, I think that, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, but, uh, but again, as you mentioned, I mean, you know, I think that there's a couple things, you know, and this, and this is really kind of got, this is really kind of go along the lines of the evolution of these things, right? Back when, 
back when I was a younger paramedic on the street, we, we didn't care about this mental health stuff, right? You know, people were, you know, acting out. People were, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the umbrage that I took to it is, are these, were these mental health challenges or were these metabolic disorders that weren't diagnosed that needed to be dealt with and treated? And I don't think that we knew that, right? Or toxicology. And they often go hand in hand. Right. And exacerbating their mental illness and vice versa. But I think that the challenge was is that there was really no care about the people that were having mental health crisis or mental health challenges. And I think that they were knocked down. And I don't mean mm -hmm. knocked down with drugs, but they were knocked down. They were handcuffed. They were thrown in the back of the squad car. And then that was it. But I think as we now start to evolve, the question is, you know, as we're seeing more and more mental health you know, the veterans that are coming back from the war that are having PTSD, you know, certainly the, the people who are using narcotics more and more. Now, as we start to evolve, it seems like, is there something better that we can do? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, there was constant, you know, antagonizing of somebody that, you know, had, uh, you know, a, a crisis or a mental health challenge. Um, but now as we start to get older, as we start to move and evolve, is there different ways to do it? And I think that, you know, when we think about this from the standpoint of social work on scene, I got to tell you, I, I had I had some training in de-escalation techniques, and I was not an expert at it because I don't know that my compassion was there at the time when I had this training. But there were times where yeah. I was able to talk people off a ledge and I was able to, you know, get them calm and comfortable. Now, I can't imagine the the knowledge or the tools or the tricks that people who are trained in that business may have. But I got to say, man, I think that there is some novel, you know, there's got to be some approach to this that is going to have to be of value. I'm like you, though. EMS, social work, you know, we stage until the scene is safe. And without police that are going to be there, how do we make yeah. the determination that the scene is going to be safe? And we may walk into a volatile situation where we don't have enough to keep us protected. And then we've got a civilian that doesn't have any, uh, any uh, uh, defense or anything that they're going to be able to help. And I think it could make that situation worse. I don't know that EMS and social work is the best team. I... I I actually don't have an issue with EMS and social work being the best team, provided they have the social workers and the mental health professional obviously have the training they need. Um, uh, but uh, the EMS professionals, I think, would could warrant from additional training. We all could use better training in mental health uh, awareness and, and de-escalation and verbal jiu-jitsu and, and 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 the physical tools necessary to to uh, uh, defend ourselves uh, safely without harming anyone unduly, uh, should the scene go rodeo, we could all use better better training in that regard. So I don't really have an issue with with the the EMS professionals uh, on the scene doing that with a social worker or a mental health professional. I I, I think that. Uh, whenever something new and innovative, a novel solution to a to a particularly thorny problem uh, comes along, you, you never really want to be the first adopter or the last. Uh, and and props to to New York City for being one of the first. Uh, and and there are going to be growing pains here, and there's going to be bad outcomes, uh, and and there's going to be good outcomes, and we're just going to have to learn from their lessons, hopefully, uh, before other EMS systems start uh, adopting and, and revising their model. 
Um, but yeah, I think that a whole lot of EMS calls are a whole lot of, of calls that we send police officers to. We shouldn't send police officers to. That's not because, um, that is not because that I, I, I'm anti-cop. It's simply because I think that we put too much burden uh, on, on law enforcement officers to solve societal problems uh, when that's not really their job and their training. Uh, we, we, it, it's, a, it's a thankless task, and there's better ways to handle it. Um, I was reading, Chris, just recently uh, a, a pretty extensive article about some mental health de-escalation training that a, a, a department in South Carolina went through and the perspective of, of one officer who went through this. And, and he detailed two, two instances uh, where he dealt with a mentally ill woman um, uh, several weeks apart before and after this training. And, uh, it was a volatile scene where, where without that training, this woman would have most certainly, uh, died. She would have been shot or tased at the very least. She had a knife. She was violent. She was threatening. She was with, within, uh, 21 feet of the officers and, and under the, the, the tooler rule, uh, you know, generally that's considered an imminent and lethal threat and, and lethal force is justified yet with the training that they had, um, they were able to talk her down and get her to, to go to the hospital for further treatment without violence, uh, but what struck me is, is, is even after a good outcome like that, the, the stress on the officers uh, and, and how much it, it, it tore at them and, and how uh, fearful they were of their and their, their colleagues' safety during that entire deal. And their overwhelming thing was, well, we just went through 48 hours of training and we need more. We need a lot more than this if this is the kind of stuff they expect us to do and do it you know, uh, compassionately and humanely without hurting people, uh, that, that couldn't be, uh, that shouldn't have been hurt. Um, so let me ask you this question. Question is buy-in, buy-in. How's the, how's the FDNY EMTs going to respond to Mayor de Blasio's deal? That's a, that's a, the, the big flying ointment. Well, let me ask you this question though. So I think you bring up a lot of great points, and I think buy-in is, you know, certainly a big component of this. But it, 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 let's think about this from a population. Let's think about this from the citizen standpoint. If we know that police aren't mm-hmm. coming to our outbursts and our temper tantrums, and maybe our mental health challenges, which some of them are really legit, and people are having mental health challenges that they need to be addressed, will we see more of them? And will they become more dangerous for EMS providers? What's your thought? Uh, if you feed the bears, they will come. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, I, no, I don't. I, I don't really think so. I, I think the 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 problem is is we just have a big, you know, we're a big catch all, and and we're the we're the um, uh, make it somebody else's problem uh, three digits away. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Why well, I don't really have an emergency. I just want to make this thing somebody else's problem. Um, so I don't know that it would, would, would induce more calls or to, uh, we'd see an increase in those, those type, type of calls. Uh, I could, I could make an argument that it would probably, uh, over time result in, in more appropriate calls to nine one one. Uh, right. And, and, uh, uh, when people realize that, that that professionals are sent to the scene rather than cops, 
they'd be more likely to call 911 and and ask for the help uh but you know no more so than uh, volume wise and usually i think it would be overall re- uh, result in a more appropriate uh, level of response rather than a, a greater volume of response. You know, I just, look, I had this, I had the, the classic, uh, you know, make it somebody else's problem call last night. Uh, a girl was high and drunk and fighting with her mother's boyfriend. And she said the magic words, I want to kill myself. And she didn't want to kill herself. And she admitted that she didn't want to kill herself. Uh, that she was just saying it and acting out, but she said it on body cam and she said it in front of a police officer. And that results in one thing. You go to the hospital, whether you want to go or not. And the only question is, is tied down or not. And, and that's silly. And, and we should, we should be allowed more nuance in, in how we handle that more, more, uh, allowed to use our judgment and how we handle those kind of calls. But the problem is, is you can't trust people to use their judgment until they've had adequate training, uh, to, to display the proper judgment. So, uh, end result was, is we had to fight her and tie her down and deal with her all the way to the hospital when all she was was just a belligerent drunk who really needed to go to jail, not to the hospital for a 72 hour psychiatric call and burden our healthcare system even more. You know, but that's what we're getting, and and without some some better training and, and more appropriate response in that regard, a mental health professional coming to the scene and saying, "Hey, do you really want to kill yourself?" Doing a screening on scene, going, "No, this woman is not mentally ill. She's just being a jerk right now." You know, <laughs> you so know, when you, th- I, I could see how that that call outcome would have been much different. So when you think about this from the standpoint of using this as a resource. Do we automatically have to now consider the additional training for EMS providers as well? So this this won't work with just social work. We have to be able to make sure that there's different training for EMS personnel. And, and what does that look like, Kelly? Oh, most definitely. I think we need we need better training. Um, you know, you and I have said in in the archives of this podcast many, many times that we need better mental health training, both for ourselves in awareness and for our patients and, and fellow providers. Uh, we definitely, it, it's something that, that is significantly lacking in initial and continuing EMS training. I can think of two things. Uh, I, I think that you, you very much need more uh complex and deeper education on on the different types of mental disorders and and how they present and how they uh um how they should be managed you know because your your answer to everything shouldn't be physical and chemical restraint you know that that, that's the be all and end all you know uh do they need restraint or not the the it's it's not that clear cut a decision but the other thing that they need is is some type of, of physical training uh, to to be able to defend themselves carefully, uh, defend themselves appropriately uh, should something happen. Um, these kind of this, this kind of training is available to mental health workers in hospitals. It should be available to EMTs uh, in the field. Uh, if someone tries to fight you, how do you deal with it without doing the the knee jerk? Oh, well, I'm just going to brain them with the oxygen cylinder. I'm going to hit them with my clipboard or my tablet, which never works. Um, but uh, yes, we need we need better training in that regard. Most definitely, there are classes out there, Chris. We've already talked about 
um, the, the for dealing with with mental health crises, little card courses that that are 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 gaining popularity, and I think that um, uh, EMS agencies who want to who want to utilize a, a program like uh, New York City is is proposing uh, need to definitely train their people in such courses. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Do we send police officers to wade too many calls? Would you feel comfortable handling some carefully screened mental health emergencies without the presence of a police officer? Do you think we'd be better suited with a mental health professional alongside at handling these than than most of the cops in your area? We'd really like to hear your thoughts at the show at EMS1.com. And for myself and co-host Chris Ciballero, who is my mental health counselor, Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week. Hey, this is Rob Lawrence, host of the EMS One Stop Podcast. If you're listening on the SoundCloud, just hang on for one second because I'm coming along with the next episode of whatever my topic is this week. Bye for now.